Hello, welcome to the Bush League Gaming Podcast, your source for ordinary opinions from ordinary gamers. Today, we're reviewing Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm your host, Jacob Bush, and with me today, he buys canned air from China, leader of the Nintendites, Ryan Scalf. I buy canned air from China. You don't Is know this, this an inside you? joke? You don't no. know about this? Carlton, do you know about this? I don't. So it's actually the reverse. Man, I have, to, I have to explain it. That's the best intros. Um, apparently in China, their citizens will buy canned air from other parts of the world to experience those places oh, through the nasal cavities. Gosh. See, I was oh, picturing okay. like what you clean your keyboard with. That it probably it is like- from China. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that's totally China. That's that's what I think China smells like. Anyway, it's just like pollution and oppression. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that one thinking like the reverse would be funny. Like you wanted to smell like the pollution, um, but you know you didn't it's understand. Just so. Smog just like floats out right yeah. into your face. Yeah, the whole house just has smoke. Yeah. Anyways, our returning special guest prefers mi- Miracle Whip over. Oh no! What's the other one, Ryan? You wrote this one. Prefers Miracle Whip like a psychopath. That special guest over is Carlton mayonnaise. Weber. Over mayonnaise. That's it. I forgot that part. Um, Carlton, do you like Miracle Whip? I I can probably honestly say that I've never had Miracle Whip before. Um, I, gosh, um, I mean, I've done the whole like dollop of Cool Whip, but uh, I don't know if Miracle Whip's any different. I can't I can't say. Ryan wrote that one, so I actually defer to him on the, I, uh, it being a psychopath nature. That's how he defined it. Yeah, I kind of realized I've I've talked to a good, more a shocking amount of people where uh, Miracle Whip is a pretty polarizing conversation, especially where I work. The, for some reason, if you don't like Miracle Whip, you absolutely hate Miracle Whip, and if you like it, you would always choose it over something like mayonnaise. It's like a mayonnaise substitute, but it it's like sugar. Yeah, I can't say I have an opinion on it. I was good. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Jacob, I was going to say the same thing, mostly because I don't think Miracle Whip has ever come up in casual conversation, like in my entire life. <laughs> Welcome oh, to Bushley Gaming. <laughs> yeah, you should see where I work because I feel like that's probably the most normal conversation. It's the office, have. pretty much, right? I mean, that. Yeah, I work, I work with a lot of characters from The Office for sure. I Anyways, know nobody from I know nobody from my office listens to this, um, so I can oh. say that I played three hours of ping pong today. And uh, I'm nice. I'm unashamed of that. Nice. You guys have a ping pong table at work. We do. What do you work for Google or something? <laughs> Dude, it's 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 a game changer. Uh, no I pun intended. It. I mean, to be able to come back from a meeting with you know uh, a with client and stuff, and yeah, and be able to like play a game ping pong. Dude, right quality on. of life plus ten. Dude, yeah, I definitely. You know, relieve some stress, go upstairs, paddle with the bros. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right on. All right, guys. Paddle, let's, bros. Let's, paddle let's, with the bros. Let's get out of paddling with the bros. bros. Today, we're reviewing Marvel's. I drill holes into my paddle. Guardians. So hit harder. Of the galaxy. Released on PS4, school? PS5, Xbox One, Series <laughs> S and X, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Uh, it was, it's worth noting that the Nintendo Switch version is the cloud version. Um, of course it is. So I don't think I recommend it. I haven't played it. But I re- recommend you playing this natively on a console that can run it. Um, developed by Eidos Montreal, published by Square Enix, currently priced at $60, but has gone on sale as low as $39, but is now available on Game Pass. Um, that's a big deal, in my opinion. We'll touch base on that a little bit later. Uh, genre is action-adventure. Uh, this is not part of the MCU Guardians of the Galaxy, so the Chris Pratt's. 
um, the whoever else actors, uh, Batista, and I can't think of anyone else's name. Zoe Saldana, Dave Batista, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel. Come on. Wow. Wow. Good. How did I forget Vin Diesel? So regardless, uh, this is separate from those The characters. raccoon does look the same, though. Ra- Rocket looks pretty similar. Ra- yeah. Pretty identical, I know. And Groot, you can't really, you know. He's a tree. You can't change Groot. Disclaimer, Ryan did not beat this game. Uh, Carlton and I did. Carlton, did you beat this more than once? Uh, I'm one and a half times through it. One and a half. Okay. Oh, you must have liked it. I did. Yeah, and and I guess it. I guess I should kind of kick this off with the. I may have talked about this a little bit on our the Halo podcast, but I'm I'm generally like a serial like open world single player gamer, right? So so which is why Halo appealed to me a lot. Um, I mean, the Halo appeals to everybody, but. Um, one of the things that uh, we'll probably get into this is like the the sort of guided campaign has always been a, a struggle for me, right? So like the Call of Duties, you know, th- those type of games. But with this, I, I loved it. I really loved it. Um, we can talk about more of that, obviously. Yeah, we'll come back around it. But you, I remember you texted me and you were like, hey, is this worth picking up if you don't like this and this and this or like this and this? And it was out of your wheelhouse as far as genres go, right? This is action adventure, but it leans far more story-driven action adventure. Closer to like a – like in some ways a, tell, a telltale game where you're like picking mm-hmm. your path. Um, granted, there is combat in this game, significant combat. And we'll, we'll touch base on like – I, I want to talk about how, yes, there's combat here, but it's not like the core focus of the game. Um, so we'll circle back to that. I want to just read a, a brief description of how Square Enix describes Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. So your newly formed band of legendary misfits is set to save the universe in the fresh but faithful take on the Guardians of the Galaxy. Somehow you set off on a chain of catastrophic events leading to a wild ride through mind-blowing worlds inhabited by iconic and original Marvel characters. Turn up this all-star 80s mixtape and get ready to kick it. Um Carlton nice. that covers it, right? I mean, that's kind of the cheesiness of it. It's it's very um, on the nose when it comes to the 80s tropes with it, right? It, it kind of leans into um, the cheese, in my opinion. Yeah, it, totally. And I think that's pretty true to form to just the Guardians like themselves. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not super well-versed in like the comic lore of the Guardians, but I'm a huge MCU fan. To the point where I have like a weekly Zoom with one of my coworkers, like talking about whatever's going on or like whatever podcast we listen to, Marvel related and things like that. So, um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it stayed. That's something that I liked about it is like it, it didn't deviate so far away from the MCU, and but still pretty, you know, pretty much stayed true to form as it relates to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And that kind of comes back to where I want to start this conversation. And it, it's when you first saw this trailer, um, right? I think we can speak to pretty much all of our experiences with the Guardians is first the MCU, right? That was kind of the introduction. We probably didn't dive too deep in the comics. Um, when you first saw the trailer, and I'll start with Ryan with this one, what did you think? Oh, I remember I was really excited. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, is the best personally i think is the best part of the mcu right now i think they're just the right amount of like comedy and action and just absurdity and so i i am a huge fan of the guardians i saw this game and uh you know nick i know nick was bothered by it's not like in the official mcu it doesn't bother me at all because i don't i really 
don't care too much about the official MCU. As long as their content is fun, I'm down for it, right? I just, I'm a fan of it all. Like, I'm pretty easy to please in, in that regard. But um, I would like to say I did play this game. I just didn't finish it. And the only reason I did not finish it was because I could not finish it in time when Halo came out. Mm. And obviously when Halo came out, it consumed my life. And so um, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a mark against this game. It was much more about um, I just didn't have time to play it because obviously what, Halo. Which happens a lot these days. I mean, it, it goes Halo and then what Elden Ring after that, right? You're kind of caught in these big industry-defining yeah. moments. Yep. Um, Carlton, how about you when you first saw this? Yeah, so I, I'm trying to remember the time frames of this, but it was first um, showed at E3, if that rings any bells. It was it yeah. was revealed at E3 2021. So this was post. Was this post um, Marvel's Avengers being yeah. released? Yep. I, I originally okay. actually, it's funny you bring that up. I originally thought this was DLC for Marvel's Avengers when I first it saw it. Looked like it. Yeah, it, it looks a lot like it. That was kind of my thought too. And also, and the other thing is like, I really did not have much faith in this, right? You know, especially after the the letdown that Marvel's Avengers was. I mean, being such a huge like Marvel fan, MCU fan, you know, just superhero fan, just in general, um, you know, I did not have high hopes for this game. And I know you guys talked about this too. And like, this ended up being my 2021 game of the year, partially because I didn't finish Halo in 2021. But, um, but uh, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I mean, this was like 15 hours of just, you know, pure like engaged in the story. Mm-hmm. So I think my, but my, to, to answer the question, the, the first reaction to the trailer was like, okay, here comes another disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Tre- trepidation was, was kind of what I was feeling too. Cause I was super, again, coming from, we're coming from similar backgrounds here, big MCU fans. I, I read a lot of comic Marvel comics growing up too. So that was kind of the core of it, but Marvel's Avengers did not click for me. We reviewed it. it we've got an episode for it. Um, you tried to. I tried hard. I really yeah. tried hard. I even waited for you the next. You gave it a go. I gave the next Same gen here. update a try. I played it once, and I was like, "This is just not, not in the cards for me, bro." Well, and, and I, don't, I don't think I've touched it since like original release. So you know, it is better <laughs> since the original release. A lot of load times and stuff like that. But I, I will much. say the comparison is fair because you know they're both published by Square Enix, right? These are Square Enix games now. Granted, one's developed by Crystal Dynamics and one's developed by Eidos Montreal. Um, but Square Marvel Square Enix games, right? You would think they would be lumped together, same art style, um, but they're drastically different. Completely, They play completely differently. And I, I have a an article here that kind of frames this in a, in a sad light initially because I think the entire industry was caught up in Marvel's Avengers and how that was a letdown. And there's an article from Games Rant and it's titled Guardians of the Galaxy Underperformed um, in Sales by Square Enix Standards. So the excerpt I want to read is, according to a recent quarterly earnings report, Guardians of the Galaxy publisher Square Enix claims that the game underperformed at its launch sales. The company wrote in its report that the game's sales on launch undershot our initial expectations. However, sales have grown since November 2021, likely caused by people picking up on all the critical praise Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy was getting. So, I mean, I reviewed this game under embargo. I, I had the game a week before its release, and I remember going into it like, oh no, like, 
I can't talk to any of anybody about this game and I expected it not to be great. And I think it's good. Like I, I remember thinking like, this is a, the, I think this is a good game. And whenever you're reviewing under embargo, it's, it, it's only been a few times when I have this experience, I kind of like second guess myself. I'm like, okay, think critically. This isn't Marvel's Avengers. This is something different. And after stepping back and like really, really analyzing it, you know, I have a, a short form gameplay review. I'll, I'll link it here, but I really settled on the fact that this is meant for uh, a specific audience that we aren't catered to anymore, right? This is a narrative driven action adventure game. We don't have the, like there, I have a hard time comparing it to anything these days um, where it's so story focused and gameplay is present. Combat is present, but it takes a, a backseat to the story. And I don't know, I, I walked away from reading that article going, that's exactly how it felt at that time. People were not talking about this game. And it's like months later, you see people on Twitter and on social media being like, hey, have you guys heard about this Guardians of the Galaxy game? It's like, it's kind of good. And I'm like, it is kind of good. I remember really being good. really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember Carlton, you played it at launch. I'm pretty sure you picked it up after I, I gave you some, some notes on it. And, well, Nick uh, picked it up. And then, you know, by association, I had it. Well, so, you guys are related. Yes, if yes. Through family share, you guys are related, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm bummed that this game was primed by Marvel's Avengers, right? It, it had the context and baggage of Marvel's Avengers. And even with that, it still rose to critical well, praise. And I feel like it's it's kind of the perspective you come at this with, because I don't necessarily see it as like, it's a bummer that Marvel's Avengers came out before this. I think this is Square Enix doing everything they can to to restart their Marvel adventure, right? Like this is them trying to undo a lot of what they did. I, they spent like $190 million on Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, but right? remember these games are developed in tandem, right? I mean, the, the development periods go back years and years and years. So there was a right. period I was say, I think we got that first the goal reveal. of this game... Like we got that first reveal totally trailer. Different. It is. <laughs> you it, right. <laughs> so, so that's the thing. It is, but I don't see Square Enix being like, this is how we redeem ourselves. It's not like they pivot. It's not like they saw Marvel's Avengers uh, receive poorly and they're like, we have to pivot Guardians. Guardians was already on this trajectory, right? They right. already had this gameplay style. They already had this art style and this narrative where, you know, it takes three or three, four or five years to develop these games. Right. Square Enix had these trajectories and they thought both would be successful and one just happened to cross and not be, not do well. Yeah. And I think it's, I think Square Enix after what Marvel's Avengers was, they knew obviously this game was coming out and I, I don't think they were shocked by the numbers and they were probably encouraged by a lot of what they got back because, um, after after what Marvel's Avengers was, there's really only going up, and so I think it's I think this was like really good for them because I would love to play this type of game with Black Panther. Yeah, I would love to play this type of game with Iron Man. You know, um, very narrative with, with Vision driven. It's very directed, right? The the directors of the game with Vision. Yeah, they that's like that's a that. real callback. <laughs> Oh, he would be a great. This would be a great. That'd be an amazing game. Anyway, there um, was. I think there was like a Iron Man game on like PS2. I think where yeah. it was basically like a flight simulator, yeah. but it was it was pretty cool, honestly. Um, there's an, but, there's an by the way, there's an Iron Man VR game on PlayStation where you are flying around as Iron Man. 
it's like yeah, a flight. It's, awesome. it's, it's got flight simulator vibes. I have I have yet to get in the VR the VR space. I just like I just can't do it yet. Like oh, I, I'm very I, like I tell you a story visually driven. Yeah, go ahead, dude. My nephew has VR. He's the only person I know that has a VR headset. So he's showing me this game called Onward, which is like it's like PUBG, I would say. <laughs> um, and so he's. It was the most amazing moment as an uncle because I got to make him so mad. But he's trying to teach me how to play this game. We're walking through this map and he goes, okay, now like here's how you hold the gun. Here's how you shoot. Here's all this stuff. Well, I had learned how to play the game by then, but I just to annoy him, I sneak up behind this guy and he goes, oh, shoot him, shoot him, thinking I'm getting an easy kill. And I threw my gun at the back of the guy's head. And so he like slowly turns around and then just like shoots me and kills me. And my nephew's like, why would you do that? Well, then I just started running around and I, I would pull my magazines, like my extra ammo. And I just started throwing it at guys. And I'm like doing the YMCA in the middle of the map. And, you know, the guys playing are super pissed because I'm not taking it serious. My nephew's like beside himself because this is why I'm I not VR. getting a single kill. This is why I want it, VR. Dude, it was amazing. Um. Anyways, guys, I want to circle back on this story. We talked about narrative. This is a narrative-driven game. Um, this actually won Best Narrative Game of 2021 at the Game Awards. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Kind of a big deal, again, for a game that didn't get much notoriety. Notoriety. Wow. Notoriety? What's the word? Notoriety. Close. <laughs> hey, was that Carlton? Notoriety. There's a T at the end. Thank There's you. There's a T. That word. Um at launch and for it to like get praise at game awards, I thought was really cool. And during the acceptance speech, the developers um, stated that this game is about grief. And I thought that was so significant because it's a guardians of the galaxy game, right? Ryan, you didn't get this far in the game to realize this, but when you think guardians, you think jovial and fun and comedy, and that's all there. But there is so much depth to the story in this game that that's really what hooked me and kept me is that I'm like, I'm here for the fun and the, you know, stupid jokes, the immaturity, but then it's like, no, there's emotion here. And it's actually a really sad story. And it, it's framed in a, a way that you really want to know more. And, and how did the galaxy get to this point? Um, Carlton, you obviously experienced the story without any spoilers. What did you think overall of it? So it was definitely a whirlwind. And I guess, again, without spoilers, like, I think why I I focus on single player games is because I sort of like to, I guess the excuse that I made up as a kid, like when my mom was telling me to turn off my Xbox was like, but mom, I'm reading a book, I'm just controlling it. And so like, I've always gotten really engaged in the story, uh, particularly on the single player games. And, you know, I uh, just if you just sort of follow like Peter Quill's character throughout the whole game, I mean, you really are taken through the whole gambit. I mean, like, like just the the, sort of like the familial uh, relationships that he has with the rest of the guardians. I mean, some of the, you know, some of the relationship, like you, you get, you get information from his past, you get, you know, relationship with his mom, you get relationships with, you know, all these other, you know, characters interspersed throughout the Guardians of the Galaxy comics that I was just really impressed with sort of the amount that was covered in what was it like 15, 16 chapters, like each of them being like an hour. So the amount just purely covered and experienced, like from an emotional standpoint, Mm -hmm. I just loved it. Yeah. 
And I remember um, James Gunn said in an interview that the Guardians or his Guardians, his films are about family. And it's about the family that you're not born with. And that's true with this one as well, is that like these bonds are made and formed and it's not necessarily blood that binds you, but you do become a family. And that's absolutely throughout the core of this game. Um, and it even teases on some of those blood points as well, you know, but I, I don't know. I just, it, it's a whirlwind, like you said, like it's up and down. It's um, sad, happy. It, it, it covers a spectrum of like, you would expect really guardians being one note right and it's not it, these these writers went really deep into into this story um i don't know if we need to go into spoilers we can circle back on spoilers if, there, is, if there's anything you want to talk about carlton but i want to talk about the comedy real quick um again when you think james gunn you think mcu amazing writing hilarious films did and in games it's very hard to make comedy work did the comedy click for you uh, is I think I think the biggest thing, honestly, that that clicked for me, for me even more than the comedy. Which, like, first of all, it's amazing that writers can make I am Groot like funny, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right to just hear like I am Groot and like sort of understand like what he's saying, like just within the context of the of the story, is just just the the constant dialogue. You know, not even just the comedy, but just constant and and new dialogue. I mean, I don't think I heard the same line of dialogue twice and and so that was you know even like i said even more than the comedy just the fact that it was it was new it was constant it was evolving like it really did make me feel like wow this game is like 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 this this living thing like i'm gonna play i'm probably gonna play it again and get like a different set of you know a different set of dialogue um particularly with you know the choice element in this game too. I mean, the, the, the second, I guess, half, uh, that I played it, you know, I tried to intentionally make, you know, the different decisions. Um, and, uh, it was like, I was playing a whole new game. Um, but so, I mean, Carlton, as, real quick, as, I, I want to yeah. stop you right there. So yeah, for the, for the, the lay person, there are points in this game where you can, you know, it's, it, it's like a cutscene. And in that cutscene, they ask you a question like, hey, Peter, like, wh- what do we do here? Should we go to this planet or should we save this person or should we put Groot in this cage or whatever it is? It's, it's always, you know, throughout the game, it's different choices. And I'm glad you're br- – I wanted to ask you about this, Carlton, because I played the game once. And I saw I, – I did some things with my save so I could see that there w- there was impact to your, your choices. Because in some games, it's like regardless of what you pick, you're going to end up here no matter what. And with some of these choices that took you a completely different path, you still probably will end up big picture towards the same spot. But I knew it, I do know at the very end, like maybe this character you helped in the first chapter comes back to help you later um, or vice versa. You don't save them. They don't come back to help you. So there are these big narrative choices in, in Carlton. So you're saying you did with your two playthroughs, um, you saw pretty big differences. Yeah, I mean, particularly, and I won't get into spoilers here, but like particularly, you get to the, the I forget what her name. Is. I'm terrible with the names. Um, the Gamora. the monster queen, Lady um, uh, Lady something. Yeah, gosh, it? Yeah, I have brain damage, so I forget stuff. Um, I don't have an, I don't have an excuse. <laughs> um, <laughs> more on that later. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I can't remember her name. Anyway, like there's this there's this choice in the game where you can either like choose Rocket or Groot um to to continue the game. And I remember like in the first playthrough choosing Rocket and just really sort of being like 
frustrated. I was like, why, why did I choose that? Um, but it's pretty reminiscent of like, I mean, even Assassin's Creed deviled into this a little bit, but like, I kept thinking about the Witcher, you know, cause that game is so heavily choice driven. And, um, so that I, I would say that, that it did make a pretty big, I mean, again, you get to the same end point, but it did make a pretty big impact, uh, from, Lady a, from a, that's it. Lady Hellback. Um, I yeah, that's a good example. That. So there's actually not too many spoilers with that. I, I think that cool name. She's from the comics. Um, we can actually speak to that a little bit, Carlton, because that was showed at E3 and in a lot of trailers. So really that was something that's not considered a spoiler by Square Enix, um, where, yeah, you're, you're kind of choosing between Rocket and Groot kind of being like the sacrifice of this level, not like like death, but you kind of don't have them for portions. And yeah, it's like one leads to a stealth section and one leads to combat, right? That's one of the things I experimented with. Mm-hmm. So I, I think if you are going to put choice in games, there has to be impact and you have to feel it. And I think this game does it really well. You do feel it, especially in a narrative-driven game. I feel like yeah, I, I mean, remember, there's... from what I saw, I remember seeing um, there was a lot of dialogue choices. So how does that scale as far as like, is your relationship impacted by those silly little comments you make? Because they every conversation it had like a ton of choices of what to say. Which I normally don't like, but I was kind of curious if those actually played a role, or is it only the big decisions before a mission? Here's the here's the downfall of, of me being on this podcast is like I will always choose like what the good guy is gonna say. Like, you don't have a dark it's, side. It's it's so hard for I'm me to be like oh, I'm gonna be the jerk there. in this. I situation. can't be mean to NPCs, man. I literally yeah, take a big fun of me. Did you so, watch Free Guy? I, they're like real people. Do you guys yeah. see Free Guy yet? I watched it. I haven't seen it yet. It was, oh, you, I can't, Ryan be, Reynolds. can't be mean to the NPCs. You can't. Yeah. That was a bad movie, right? Yeah, I didn't love it. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm not. Isn't oh. that that takes place in the MCU? Yeah, totally. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so, well, spoiler alert. So, um, one thing I, I has a cameo. Oh. Yeah. So one thing I nice. I want to say about that, Ryan, is that you do feel impact of some of the choices you make. So like if you do pick Rocket for that level, like as like the sacrifice, he won't let it go for the rest of the game um, or Groot or something like that. It's I think you, you choose Groot and he's upset that you choose Groot, um, but he doesn't let it go for the rest of the game. He brings it up and he references it. So, yeah, I do mm. think there are some things that carry over based on your choices. At the end of the day, the real impact, you still end up in the same boss battle. Um, I think the things along the way of like, how easy is that boss battle or how easy did you get to it? Those are where the choices come in. And, and, and the dialogue does circle back too. if you make a choice in chapter two or three, you might hear about it in chapter eight or 10 or something like that. Hmm. Okay. So I want to talk about comedy real quick. Um, I think the writing is fantastic in this game and, and that's where video games are. It's hard for them to be funny but you have to write really good dialogue and a couple examples of that. I have some, some excerpts that I want to read here. Um, one of which something like very nerve wracking is happening. No spoilers. And Drax just says, I'm clutching, clenching every orifice right now. Um, I appreciated that one. One where, um, Starler's walking through this like facility and he goes, what's with this place and no railing. It's like they got the architect from the death star. Uh, I like these callbacks to like 70s, 80s pop culture references because he says this stuff and then all the other guardians are like, what are you talking about? Like, 
they have no clue what he said. He's like what what the reference is because they're not from Earth. And that's something that was from also mm. the MCU too. So yeah, they were very creative with their pop culture references that you know the audience understood, but not necessarily the Guardians themselves understood. I feel like specifically Guardians is a really hard um, torch to carry because yeah. specifically with references, everything about Guardians is like this love for the eighties and um, which. Let's be honest, they started this game off perfect. Please describe it, Ryan. Yeah, so you start as Quill and you are uh, like a teenager at his house and it starts a game, you're sitting on his bed looking at a record and you're listening to music and he's, I mean, his room is just decked out in like 80s decor, like rock posters and you can just walk around it and see all the stuff, you can play music, um, you know, it, it really, it was so simple but i love that they did it because i felt buy-in with with quill you know like i just there's aspects of that that you can resonate i didn't grow up i was in a high schooler in the 80s but um there's just aspects of that type of childhood that i understood you know there's that's a language i speak and so to see that in a game i've never been able to experience that and to kind of walk around a bedroom like that and just be a kid again i i thought that was a really good way to start the game and graphically like we played on ps5 and graphically it looked great like you're oh, you yeah. start first person here yeah. and you're literally looking around and you see the threads in your sheets and you look at everything around you and it's super detailed and there's rock music playing and it's rare when a game immediately immerses you right like you feel like you are in the world and this one nails that in so many different ways between the visuals, the music, the dialogue. I was just like in, I was in like Quill's brain at that point. It felt like I was ready to be this character and, and play through the Guardians. Um, hmm. Carlton, what did you think of that first opening scene? It, it's, it is pretty unique too, I think. I'd say it is unique. And um, I mean, I'd have to just echo a lot of what Ryan said. It's just like the fact that you're, you're really sort of jumping into this character and just such kind of like, well, I guess if I back up step, I mean, it, like, if you look at sort of like Peter's character in the movie, and even in the comics or like the animated series or anything like that, right? Like he's got like like a like a almost like a pre and post, right? So like like before he was abducted and afterwards, and he focuses like a lot of what his character is based on, like even as an adult, is like who he was like before he was. Um, before he was abducted. And so sort of getting that look into like what his room was like, what his relationship with his mom was like, and like seeing all the the records and you know, just all the sort of stuff that this kid had, even the mullet, right? I mean, how, how killer was that mullet? Um, like it was just a cool glimpse into the character. Right? And it, it, it opens like that. And then it does it throughout the rest of the game, right? There's this dual perspective where you start as, you know, young 13, 14, whatever, however, however old he is, Peter in his room. And then you go to the stars and then you go back and then you go to the stars and both stories are evolving alongside each other in parallel where you do see his backstory. And then you do see what's, you know, in the present day. And I thought that was really cool storytelling because again, you're seeing what motivates him uh, from like the core of him as a child, you know, like you said, with the relationship with his mom. Um, and those implications are big for the bigger story. You know, what, what, what makes him tick, you know, what does he want out of life? And, uh, I don't know, like I said, it's just, there are a few times when I'm like, 
this story blew me away, right? It's an MC, it's a, it's a Marvel story. What other, you know, the Spider-Man games have been actually really good about this as well. Um, I just went on with a low bar with guardians and every I would aspect say just blew me away from what I saw. This, this story was better than the Spider-Man games. Uh, you know, we didn't play the Spider-Man games for the incredible story. I feel like I played those because I wanted to be Spider-Man and swing around New York and beat up the PS2 because, callback. Right? Yeah, that it, that's because that's what I grew up doing. Right? Um, I felt like this story was much more well fleshed out. I mean, remember Jacob? Our biggest grievance with with Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man, was like the cheesiness of some of the villains and like Mister. Negative uh, balance. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it just was lame to me. You kind of knew exactly what was going on the whole time. Um, they did a little bit of buy-in with Peter Parker, where you you worked at the orphanage and did some like, you know, support there. But it it was nothing like what I experienced in in what I saw in Galaxy. I mean, in Guardians of the Galaxy, I. Ex- I played maybe a fourth of the game, honestly. And I experienced more rich story in that fourth of a game than I did in all of the Spider-Man series. Not saying Spider-Man's not an incredible game. Yeah, and you're right. And one of the things, I think one of the reasons behind that, and you bring up Mr. White Balance, Mr. Negative, and it's like Peter was written well, I think, in that game, and you kind of believed him more than everyone around him, right? And I think with Guardians, it's like Peter's written well. Drax is written well. Groot is written well. And like all the characters really come together here and have their own personalities, have their own stories. Like one specifically Drax blew me away. Like he, it's the same comic book MCU Drax who lost his family to Thanos and he's grieving that process. And he's, he's sad and he's, he's like, he wants revenge. He doesn't want revenge. Like you as the one thing I think the one thing that's different is though, like at this point, like he's, he's killed Thanos. Like he's the one that like kills Thanos in this universe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Oh, is that a spoiler? It's so the whole thing is allegedly right. It's, it's like, uh, so the reason it's not a spoiler is by the end of the game, I still don't know if he actually killed Thanos <laughs> though at the beginning of the game, they tell you like it could go either way right now. And, and that's why I want to right. clarify that it's, I wouldn't call it a spoiler because I genuinely at the end of that game didn't know still. Um, sure. But regardless, Yes, it's slightly different, but at the core, it's like an emotional Drax. And we you see that in Batista in the MCU. I felt it even more here, though. Like, there were, there were like, very slow mm-hmm. moments of dialogue where it's just Peter and Drax, like, overlooking, like, this, this galaxy or something like that. And it's like it got me emotional just listening to these two characters talk who typically I don't have any sort of tie to emotionally. You know, they're both comic relief a lot in the MCU. So... I think, you know, what makes Guardians good is all the Guardians, all the characters and how well they're written. Um, and even the, the secondary characters that the Guardians are interacting with are really written well, too. Even the the uh, the uh, antagonist, um, Mr. the church guy. I can't even think of his name right now. Oh, yeah, gosh, the, the priest guy. The um, priest guy. Um, anyways, he's the big baddie. And, you know, by the end of the game, you're like, oh, my gosh, that's that's what you're operating under. That's your motivation. And you you kind of sympathize a little bit more with his what he's doing. So, like, uh, Ryan, I, I'm so thankful you kind of broke down Spider-Man because I, now I'm realizing the differences there. And it's, it's all in the characters themselves. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of want to throw it to you, Carlton, since you experienced the whole game. What did you feel about the characters? Did you like any of them? 
more than the MCU counterparts? Did you did you like any less? Um, and kind of at the core of it, did you think they like served the story well? Yeah, I mean, I think Drax in particular was one of the highlight characters of of sort of being more fleshed out, probably. I mean, because like if you think about it, like in the MCU, we get what maybe forty five minutes combined of like observing Drax at his character. Like we sort of get this ham fit. Not that I don't think, not that I think it was poorly written, but you know, you get this sort of ham-fisted, like, oh, yeah, Thanos killed my family. Like, and you don't really get to experience that. In the game, you really spend, you know, 10, 15 hours, like, with this character and sort of uh, understanding, like, what that feels like. Um, so I, I liked that. Um, the the I didn't feel like we really got much of Gamora, to be honest. I mean, Same. you know, there's, there's really not, uh, we don't really get much of anything from her, aside from, like, she's the, you know, kind of got this reputation as a big bad. Um, but uh, I, I feel like that was probably the only character where we, like, how do you, how do you get like so much depth out of a tree, right? Like the, the writing for group, like both MCU and in the game just really is, is huge and massive. And I think a lot of that is just due to the sort of the relationship between rocket and group, yeah. but with Gamora in particular, like didn't, didn't get too much. Um, I mean, even, even like Nikki's character, like, you know, that is a previously unseen character anywhere, really. I mean, um, and so, you know, got a lot of depth out of, out of her. So, uh, just circling back on that, I think, I think the, the understanding of the characters and the, the brevity of the characters is really well done in this game, aside from Gamora. Yeah, I agree. Gamora was the low point as far as who I got well, to know. Okay, and I'm. This is outside perspective, but um, where else do you go with Gamora after what MCU did with her? I feel like they they spent a lot of time flushing out her relationship with Thanos and Quill, um, and so it to me it doesn't. I don't feel like I need to know more about Gamora. I didn't walk away from the MCU movies thinking like, ah, I wish like they had explored that more because I feel like I understand her well. They really went after it in those movies, and so I think. Um, I think I've always wanted to know more about like, dude, who is Rocket and Groot? Like, where do they even come from? And like, why is Drax like the coolest character I've ever seen? You know, um, so I like I hear what you're saying. I think maybe that was on purpose. I don't know that it was, mm -hmm. but I think maybe Square Enix made a conscious decisions of like, I don't know that we could do justice. It's really hard. I got to imagine, you know, a movie you're looking at two hours of like dialogue. When you're making a game, you got to feel that. And so when you're making these critical decisions of like, who are we going to focus on? Um, and there's already this like masterful relationship fleshed out between Gamora and her father, Thanos, right? And then her love for Quill. It's like, well, where do we go with that? You know, like, are we going to retell that the same? That's a good point. I yeah, I agree. I think I think you you bring up a good point. And, and as you were saying that, there was really one thing that I thought about that was, you know, out of the you mentioned three things like right like, um, Gamora. Well, so Gamora as like a, a daughter, I guess Gamora as a sister, and then Gamora as a love interest. And I think that's something that probably was a mi miss the mark in the game was like sort of developing at least like the love like the the love interest aspect of sure. it. So, but I agree with you. I mean. You know, I guess out of all of those characters, like MCU, for example, Rocket was definitely like we got maybe five percent of of that character. So yeah, 
Um, yeah, it's 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 a good point in the sense of like we got that story now, right? You, you know, we we know more about Gamora. They're not going to focus on that storyline too much. Um, they focus on completely different stories, and that's smart too. When you're writing your own universe, you want to pull elements from the MCU, um, but you don't want to copy the MCU, right? So I I don't know. I I liked that comparison, Ryan, because it's like. Yeah, I felt like I didn't know Gamora, but also I know Gamora in a different sense, and I don't know if I'm ready to let that go yet. Yeah, yeah, and I think the beauty of games is is it provides opportunities to tell stories that we don't get in like the the big screen, right? This is like I've, I've used screen when you're when you're making a game for like a huge universe, especially Star Wars or MCU. It's the silver screen, right? It it's it really is like the backstories the like gritty because you have more time you have more attention to the like audience and so um you get to kind of dive into these weird side things and so i when i hear that they don't focus on gamora i i actually kind of prefer that i feel i feel like i don't need anything else from gamora for now right i mean i feel like we've had such a recent story from her um and honestly i think the mcu is telling that story still right let them tell their story right Uh, ryan i want to circle back on Nick's original issue with Guardians of the Galaxy was their Macklemore. interpretation of Peter Quill, a.k.a. Macklemore. Yeah. Um, it was a great comparison after he pointed it out. I couldn't stop seeing it. It's like that very specific hairdo that Macklemore does with like yeah. very long hair, slick straight back, shaved on the sides. Yeah. Um, that, that's what he has in this game. So I, I kind of want to ask the question uh, first to you, Ryan, because you did experience this. Did you ever have any – did you have a hard time at all – experiencing this these characters for who they were given that they have an mcu counterpart like were you ever like comparing the whole way down the line of oh well this is an mcu rocket or this is an mcu group no like i said i'm i i have a hard time i can see where nick would feel that carlton i could see that bothering you because you're such a big mcu fan if this was a star wars i'm very i'm like that annoying guy about don't mess up the canon of star Wars, you know, and all that stupid. I don't know why I care. Anyway, um, it didn't really bother me. I think the only one that was like measurably different from what I could see Gamora and Drax rocking rocket and Groot might as well have been the exact same Drax and Gamora didn't seem all that different either. Very, um, the delivery, like, Batista's delivery was very similar to what I saw in the game. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's well-timed. It's perfect. I love it. Um, voices aren't that incredibly different. Quill is the one that stands out. Uh, I think Chris Pratt is an amazing star Lord. I, I just, I love Chris Pratt, right? Who doesn't? And so Mario, you refer to him as Mario. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Mario, um, the Italian plumber, but <laughs> I feel like as I played more, I it's not that I consciously said, I'm going to ignore this. I just forgot. Yeah. It felt like a different character, honestly. Like it doesn't feel like I was playing as Chris Pratt. It doesn't feel like that Star-Lord. It just felt like a different story. And um, it didn't bother me because like I, I would say two missions in, I was just like I was bought into what they were selling me. You know, I... I believed this was the Guardians of the Galaxy for that moment. I did a good that. job. Yeah, I'd agree with that big time. And sort of bringing back that comparison to the um, 
uh, Marvel's Avengers, like I felt that a lot. I was like, this guy doesn't sound like Cap. Like this isn't yes. like Scarlet Trans. Like it's really easy to like Great sort of point. draw that. And yeah. I think because the gameplay was just so disappointing that it was like I was trying to look for connections to keep me interested. And so like with Guardians, though, I mean, even despite the fact that it's not this, at least for me, like it's you know, it's not this big open world game that I can, you know, choose to to get to the, the highest mountain in the game or whatever it is. Like, I have to follow this certain path. Like, I was just so engrossed in the story and the character development that, like, I really didn't think about, aside from maybe the first, like, half hour, like, I really didn't think about the MCU whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's a great way to think about it. With Again, yeah. it's, I Comparing hate... Comparing it to Marvel's Avengers, I know. it's totally better. Because it's, the other it's thing, like, too, is, like, Spider-Man, right? Like, as I was playing Spider-Man, I was, like, never, like, my gosh, like, when's Tobey Maguire going to show up? Or, like, Tom Holland <laughs> or whatever, right? Like, I never really right. thought that because it, it just, it's, uh, like, you know, it was just such an enjoyable thing for what it was. I mean, even going back post, you know, No Way Home, again, no spoilers, but like, you know, going back post No Way Home and watching the original like Sam Raimi trilogy, like I'm still able to enjoy it for what it was. And, um, but Avengers, like Marvel's Avengers definitely missed the mark, but like Guardians of the Galaxy just was good at keeping it similar enough, but so like, like, like sort of its own thing. And I wasn't concerned about that. Yeah, the characters remain authentic to their core, right? It, this was Star Lord. This is a Star Lord. You know, those yeah. characters are Spider Men. Like those are those are different versions of the same character. Um, and it, it exactly. I am Batman. Another, I was thinking about Arkham Knight earlier. But like, that's the thing is is it, a lot of it comes down to the writing too. Of like, I always come back to the writers with this game. It, they wrote the characters as those characters. They it was believable. Yeah. Um, yep. Marvel's Avengers, it's like it's like someone they play telephone. Like this character is super noble and loves America. And then they passed it down like seven yes. other people. And then it's like It was mm. it was a game. It felt so it felt so much like a product. Like it felt so much like something they're just getting out the door to sell. Whereas this Guardians from the little I played felt like these are actual fans of Guardians that are writing for this game that like have read the comics, know it well. Whereas Marvel's, it was like literally anyone could have made this game. Yeah. It just took the characters' names, some of their powers, and just put them in like Utah, and that was it. A lot of Utah, a lot of yeah. Utah in that game. Um, guys, transitioning out of characters and story, we we touched on it briefly. Gameplay mechanics, um, specifically combat. Carlton, could you explain what the combat is like to the layperson? Yeah. So, um, okay. Right. Um, so the combat is everything is directed by Quill. So the, so basically in a nutshell, you're only controlling, uh, star Lord or Peter Quill throughout the entire game. And, uh, so at no point do you like switch gears and like jump into rocket or anything like that. However, um, what you are able to do is sort of direct, uh, some of the more, uh, I guess specialty, uh, mechanics of the game or, or specialty moves that each character has each one it's it's mapped to like i think it was a left trigger or, or I, I can't remember exactly but it's mapped to like a trigger and then one of the one of the buttons and so you know so for example you'll hit oh, i think it's a d-pad because you have to like identify a character um so you'll select like maybe you want to do a uh i don't know some sort of 
tree maneuver with Groot, right? <laughs> roots, so you would press roots. that. You know, roots exactly. coming out of the ground. You garden. Exactly. Which is pretty much all of Groot's moves, right? It's like, let's hit him with some roots. Let's hit him with some roots on fire. Let's hit him with some green roots, right? Like, so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, but like, I, I just, but like, I felt like they did a good job or the developers did a good enough job of like sort of differentiating between the moves. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're in a nutshell, you're Peter Quill, you're directing each character. You're never playing as another one of the guardians. Mm-hmm. You're simply calling the shots. Um, so uh, that there's some other things like the huddles and, and stuff like that. But um, that in a nutshell is, is kind of how it worked. Yeah. And you, you are and, the commander of the field pretty much. Exactly. And you have your own moves. You have your own double, dual, elemental blasters. Um, But, you know, I I talked to someone offline, not on a podcast about this game, and and they were like, I heard the characters are super spongy. And, and like, you have to shoot them a lot of times to kill them. And I was like, yes, but that's not the intended way to really take down most characters. The intended way to take down most characters is as a team collaborating and using these special moves. If you go at it like a third-person shooter... It is not fun. And I will argue my my biggest gripe of the game, the weakest point is that the, the combat does get a little stale at times, right? I, I can only spam the same special move that works in so many different segments so many times. Um, I, I do wish there was maybe that mechanic where you do switch characters. Like I, I did think Peter's blasters did get stale and, and telling others what to do and not actually doing it yourself was kind of boring. Um, I, if I could interject here for a second, yeah. Jacob, you, you yeah. made a comment about kind of the staleness of the blasters. Not only that, I felt like so. So with the blasters, you get like the the different elements. You get sort of that special uh, special move uh, with each blaster. Fire yeah, I feel like I, I, my biggest gripe is I feel like those were those were delivered super late in the game. Right, you yeah. were really stuck on sort of vanilla mode until three, four, five chapters before you even got the second one. Yeah. So. Um, that I really struggled with. I really struggled with the fact that you couldn't like, I just sort of wanted to run around and rampage as tracks. And like, I was disappointed that I couldn't, but as I got more into the game, I think it was more fun. Yeah. And, and again, I think, um, I think framing this game as again, story first, if you go into it thinking this is a narrative game for first, you're not waiting for the next combat section. You're ra- waiting for the next story section. And that's what I think is really special about this game is mm-hmm. that, I was pulled through because of the story and the choices and not the combat. That's significant for me to say for someone who relies so heavily on gameplay. Um, so, you know, that's why I want to go back. I, when I think like why I want to finish this game, it, it has nothing to do with the gameplay. Cause from what I've seen it, it hasn't been like thrilling to me. It's much more of like, I'm already bought into the story and yeah, I want to see how it rides out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one one mechanic you touched on, Carlton, was the huddle up. You briefly mentioned that. It's probably one of my favorite systems I've seen in a game where, you know, you're you're playing this game, you're shooting things, you're, you're doing special moves, and you have this meter, you know, at the bottom that's, that's growing. And as it reaches capacity, it says, like, huddle up. I think you press both bumpers buttons or something like that. And Peter yells, huddle up, and all the characters kind of enter this other plane of existence and it's kind of like literally looks like a huddle yeah and they huddle up like they're football players and they all come in and you know all these words are popping up around these characters like doubt oh yeah or you know uh you know teamwork blah 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 these different things and they they're telling you like man you know these guys are so strong i don't know if we can beat them and you get two options and it's like 
guys, we're strong too, and we can totally beat these uh, beat these guys. And the other options like, uh, oh, I had a great breakfast this morning. We can we can do this. And like, there's a wrong choice here. And if you choose the right choice, your characters will all get a buff and temporary, you know, you're tempor- temporarily invulnerable. Um, if you choose the wrong one, you just go back into it. But regardless, no matter what you choose, Peter hits his cassette player and an amazing 80 song from this amazing roster of songs so awesome. plays during combat. And it's yeah. like, when you think cinematic, this is cinematic. It's like you huddle up. It's actually, if you use it at the right time, it's really a hard time. You need to use this mechanic. And then you are boosted like, like as characters. And also you have music playing. That's songs that you would recognize. It's like, um, wake me up before you go, go it's culture club. It's like, it's all these 80 songs that you, you, you know, right. And it's so familiar and it's so fun. Like I thought that Which was such adds, a, it like adds a layer of like fun. I think, yeah. You know, when you have these really difficult moments in games, a lot of us get through it because we're stubborn and we've just played games before. And so we're like, well, I'm not going to let this beat me. But like a lot of times the fun is lost on you at those points. Like yeah. it's no longer, it's just like torturous so I love the You're fact talking about Elden Ring and pre-show, right? I'm, I'm literally like, I'm just projecting. Yeah, I'm just so... You're having so much fun. So frustrated. Yeah, just getting blown to smithereens by dragons. But yeah, it just, it creates a much more fun experience, uh, even in the midst of difficulty. Like, why is it that when you raise difficulty in a game, it, it doesn't necessarily scale with fun? Mm. Whereas I feel like they, that was a clever way to create a way, like... Now I have this song playing. I'm pumped up. I'm energized, just like Quill is. Um, it just that's a that's a really good move. Carlton, what do you think of this? Um, man, Brian, it's hard to it's hard to go second after that that kind of an answer. Um, no, I agree. I think it just added this this element, uh, like it, it added this element of actual like teamwork. Like, I don't even, I don't think I've ever even felt that like playing in like, you know, multiplayer games with my friends where it's like, all right, guys, like we're going to strategize here. Like there's actually like this little moment of like, okay, let's pause, let's come together and like, let's be a team, even though I was playing by myself. Um, And so, you know, I thought that was a really unique and probably, I don't think I've experienced that in any other type of game. Um, So to, to sort of have that fresh thing, I think the first time I got the first huddle wrong and I was like, like, what did I do? Like, but like, once you get through a couple, it's like pretty clear, like which one you're supposed to pick. Um, did you, but, uh, did you have any favorite songs? Do you remember any that stood out to you? It's okay. If not, no, I, have, I, I don't, I have the, no, I have no. the song list here. So I'm just going to name a few just to give you the listener who hasn't played this game, some context to some of these games. So don't fear the Reaper is a song. Everybody have fun tonight by Wang Chung. Everybody wants to rule the world. The final countdown. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I ran by so flock of seagulls. I, yeah. I'll tumble for you. Like I said, by culture club, Molly crew, aha, take on me. Um, I mean the, the songs Is there go any white on snake. And on. I don't think there's any white snake. There's Billy idol. Mm. Um, Billy idol. There's really? death leopard. Yeah. There's Rick. The easy top songs. Guess, guess which Rick Astley song there is. Um, so guys, I don't know. I just, I wanted to touch on that. I think that's such a unique mechanic. I've never seen a game in it. it and it gave me an experience I've, I've never had either. Um, I, I loved it throughout the whole thing. It was funny is the the last game that I can think of that had just like a killer, like I don't even want to call it soundtrack, but like just a killer like playlist. 
uh, is Need for Speed Most Wanted. Like, oh. <laughs> on Need for Speed games in two. general Dude. have great soundtracks. I am so... Carlton, I knew that we would be good friends. Because <laughs> dude, my my brothers and I will whip out that game. We still I have it. love that dude, game, dude. I mean, that story was incredible. We just do a whole review on that game. I mean, it's, oh it's like twenty years old. We should do is, it. Is most you should listen the, to the BLG radio show where I picked like two songs off the playlist of it was um, Underground. Most wanted. Oh, you did. You did. No, uh, you did Underground, but you, I did uh, Hot Pursuit, right? Oh no! I did hot pursuit. You did too. hot pursuit. Yeah, I don't know hot if you pursuit too like that good. one, dude. Oh my! Great gosh, plug for one of my so favorite good. episodes, though. That that episode's only available on Spotify. Um, we mm-hmm. actually incorporate full songs into that episode, so that's the uh, Bushley Gaming Radio Show, video game radio show. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's a, a good soundtrack can change a game, right, Carlton? Like the, it, it completely changes the vibe. It, it gives you it, also like nostalgia hits with it a lot more too. Like I was just gonna say that. Yeah. Outside so, of so it, not only. Yeah, not only is it like fairly uncommon for games to, to have, you know, kind of these pop hits, um, you know, even though they are 40 years old, but like it just is all it, it just also brings you back to, you know, what we love about Guardians. I mean, because like who knew of the Guardians of the Galaxy before, like when did the first one come out? 2014. So like, you know, just to sort of bring it back to that and sort of the the now the household names that we almost have with that. It's really cool. So on top of the amazing licensed music that they use, and again, they went out of their way to license this music. That's an expensive thing for a video game to do. They also created a whole fake 80s hair metal band um, called Star-Lord. And that's where Peter Quill gets his actual name from. He, he as a kid, he's listening to the Star-Lord record. that's the record, record at the beginning of the, the game. The record at the beginning of yeah. the game. Um, so that inspired him to carry that into space and become Star-Lord. And I thought that was such a cool thing. And um, so you guys know, I mean, Ryan knows this about me. I collect vinyl records and it's usually at pivotal points in my life of either a, a record means something important to me, uh, be it emotionally, be it um, like a milestone in my life. And it's funny, Guardians of the Galaxy, this game, this review was like the hardest I ever worked on an actual like edited review for a game. And I wanted to commemorate that by buying the lim- limited edition uh, Star Lord record, Guardians of the Galaxy, released by Mondo, um, and I have that here today for us. Do you really, dude? So that's amazing. it just came in the mail. Emily just ran and got it for me. Uh, I wanted to show this for the YouTube audience, also the podcast. I'm sure I'll walk you through it, but I kind of want to walk uh, our YouTube audience through uh, what this this record is, and I think it's amazing. Goodbye um, for that cover alone. The the cover that's, alone that's is fantastic. Say. Yeah, so that's the cover there. Um, I will show you the the, the center. So wow. if you see that, that's the Guardians. It's hard to talk and that. also show. Um, but this is the thing I used to do with my records. I put them on my wall because I think the art um, is so awesome. The, the design should be seen. And this is the Guardians record. I'll show you some of the, uh, the center folds um, of the actual art. I'll show you the record because it's actually a really cool color too. I mean, unique vinyls is something that I'm really into. So is this the Star-Lord fake band or yes. is this like the classic it's not the classic hits. 80s music this oh, is the okay. star this is even band. better which so those he, songs are great i listened to the whole album in star lord's room yeah and it's on spotify too if you, if you wanted to check to it out that i sat there and listened to those songs well, no it's not i mean the music's actually it's 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 uh it's true to the time it feels like it if you told me like this was in the 80s i would have believed you or 70s i would have believed mm. you that this came from yeah okay guys are you ready for this record 
Look at that vinyl. Dude, that is so sick. It's like this purple spacey vinyl. Um, like it looks like a frisbee golf disc. It, yeah, it does, does, right? Or like this looks like I could see a bowling ball with that same design. Mm. Um, I don't know, guys. I like I said, records usually are a big point for me, and I always have some sentimental value to it because I just think they're they're such cool displays of art. Um, and for a game like this and the work that's gone into it, they literally made an album for this game just to, to have some backstory for their main character. Incredible. Um, and then incredible. they also, this shipped late. So as consolation, they gave the people who bought this a, a original Star-Lord comic, which is the story cool. of how the Star-Lord character, this is the comic that pretty much Peter Quo is reading as a child. Um, no way. Excited about, about the character of Star-Lord. So, you know, you get a full, a full comic with this. And again, I think it might be sold out. I, I'm not sure. Again, this is, this is manufactured and sold by Mondo. Um, they do amazing work, but, uh, yeah, guys, that's the, uh, that's the Marvel's guardians of the galaxy limited edition vinyl, um, by Mondo. Dude, that's epic, man. That was really cool. So guys, um, Carlton specifically, anything before we kind of get into our verdict with this game? I think the the one thing that I will say, and this is totally small potatoes, but the controls were a little tough to learn at first. Like it was a little bit of a learning curve, but I felt like, I mean, with, with any other game, like once you got into the groove, you know, it was sort of second nature. Um, and I think what that primarily is driven from is just the fact that, you know, you sort of are, you know, you sort of are your own character and shot caller. You, so you're sort of wearing both those hats and, um, but I think overall, once I sort of got used to it, it was pretty intuitive as to how that was going to work. Yeah, there was absolutely a learning curve, though. You're right. Because, again, when you're the D-pad and the hard thing, too, is that, like, you select a character. And then within that character, you have four other options mm-hmm. for specials. And that got very muddied. And I, I know some of the actual uh, commands overlapped where I did things that I didn't want to do at times. Um a really good point. I, I, that's worth pointing out as a con. Anything else from you, Carlton? Because um, quite frankly, my cons were covered in in some of the actual combat. Uh, the, the outfits were too hard to find. Oh, so that's <laughs> the one, other th- collectibles, right? Yeah. So I guess the other thing, like about how I en- enjoy playing games, and it's like I, I'm that guy who played like Assassin's Creed Rogue, who went to, like literally every small like five foot island to get that stupid feather or like like sea shanty or whatever bro who does that i I don't know you're complaining that these outfits were hard to find i'm kidding they were hard to find (laughs) they were difficult to find i still don't find all of them them. yeah Yeah, i don't 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 find all of them and Um, uh it bugged me for a minute they're really cool outfits though right they really are yeah they have the MCU outfit. So if you wanted to go ahead and play as like the MCU version of these characters, you can look exactly like them, which I thought was really cool. And, and the other thing that like really scratched the nerd itch what is, in me is like. <laughs> what is Groot's outfits? Does Groot have any outfits? He does. He does. There's a Groot lot with, of them are like with a bush. <laughs> On his hair, right? On his head? Yeah. Yeah. No, they didn't do that. They didn't, they didn't do a fro Groot. Uh, um, but they did do callbacks. I think what Carlson's about to say to comics where like. He has like there's like a a burnt demon group where he's got like he's like red and like kind of black. Like the five, like, I think sick. it's called like the five horsemen of the apocalypse or something. Yeah. But the cool thing is, is like and like if you if you're really into the lore of it, the the outfits aren't just skins. They have like the actual like description of like 
you know, where it's from, what comic it derived from, who was the artist, like all this stuff. It's really I cool. love that. I thank you for bringing that up. Hmm. It is such a rare thing to see. They give credit to both the comic book and the artist who designed that. Um, because in the age of the MCU, we're seeing the influence of these comic book artists and writers. And there's really not too much credit. Like I couldn't name too many artists from Marvel comics, but in the game, they really, they make sure it's right there and they give credit where credit's due. So I did love that. I want yeah, to praise them cool. for that. Yeah. Um, guys, so I just Groot's, wanna... Groot's Bush was Ryan Scalf 2022. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I could draw that. You guys want me I actually probably have a drawing of it already. Send it to me. You, and I'll you my painted office. a good enough picture. Send it well, to me. I'll work. It. I'm just constantly drawing that. I'll put it into the YouTube video. So just send that to me. Um, <laughs> that should be the cover photo. The core question here, Carlton, do you recommend this game? Uh, absolutely. And I have recommended this game. Um, um, are you an evangelist think, for I, it? Uh, I mean, I'm not knocking on doors or riding my bike around my neighborhood. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, I mean, I, th I think it, I think it suits sort of all kinds of gamers, right? I mean, it's, it's not a particularly long game, right? I mean, if you just, if you just run through it, it's going to take you 10 hours of gameplay, mm -hmm. but you take your time. It's going to take you maybe, you know, twice or, or three times that, um, you know, uh, there's very few people that I know nowadays who like aren't Marvel fans on some level. I mean, you know, uh, uh, like you have sort of the everyday, like everybody knows who the guardians is. Right. So, you know, it's kind of cool for that household name factor. Like it's going to appeal to those people. Um, and it's, it's not, it's also not a hard game. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not, it's not one where like you're going to die a ton or you're going to like, you know, I mentioned I'm a rage quitter earlier. I think I rage quit twice and you know, <laughs> that was it. And that's cause I was playing on the hardest difficulty, but, um, but yeah, I'd absolutely recommend this game. I can't wait for you to play Elden Ring. <laughs> Gosh, I, it's I, I did be so it, good. In my review that I did, the the like the gameplay edited review, I specified to a certain player group of there are people who don't like narrative games. Like there are people who do get bored with storytelling and dialogue. And if you go into this game being a big fan of Marvel's Avengers with a, a focus on like grindy combat, you won't like this game probably if you don't like dialogue and story. Go um, play Tetris. Go play Tetris. If you right. don't like narrative. Still a better Actually, story than Twilight. Debatable. Jacob, Tetris. what's the Tetris that we play? Uh, Tetris Effect Connected. Tetris Effect Connected is so good. I mean, so, there's a story. Actually, there's a slight story there, even more than you know, maybe Marvel's Avengers. Um, <laughs> so I, I do want to give that caveat. I would say 90% of people go play this game. If you get bored with story, if you get bored with decisions and dialogue, it might not be right for you because the gameplay doesn't pull it through necessarily. The story and the the dialogue is the focus. That is the core of this game. Um, the the combat isn't it, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, I, I brought this up at the beginning of the show. For, for those who haven't played the game and, and it's like that question of if you like this game, do you like, you know, if you like uh, X game, you would like Guardians of the Galaxy. Is there an example that you can think of? Because actually, I really couldn't think of one um, in recent years. Tomb Raider is a good example. I didn't play much Tomb Raider. Is that a fair example? Yeah, I'd say. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure Square did Tomb Raider as well. It's the same um, studio. It's Eidos Montreal. It's the same studio. Gotcha. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, Tomb Raider was pretty similar. I mean, just from a gameplay style of things and kind of the choice element and sort of the, the not totally linear story, but it was pretty similar. And real mm. real quick, I, I like to correct myself on the flight. They did one Tomb Raider game. They did Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's the one you're referencing, but that's one of the recent era Tomb Raiders. I don't remember. Um, the next question, this game is now on Game Pass. Um, it's been on sale as low as like $39. I personally think at any price, this game is is fairly worth it. But if you are a Game Pass subscriber, this is a must, must try at least. Just experiencing that intro scene in Peter's room. Uh, just yes. download the game and play that. And, and and if you're not hooked at that, you probably won't like the game. But I, I, I'll be shocked if you're not hooked by that experience. Um, $60, Carlton, would you pay? I think you did pay $60 for this. Or Nick did. Nick paid sixty dollars. <laughs> would, would you have paid sixty dollars for this? I would have. I would yeah. have. And part of that is just. I mean, I paid full price for Marvel's Avengers too. Um, just. Ouch. Uh, Oof. I, I know. I know. So did um, you, Jacob? No, I, I got a code from Square. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Shout, out. Um, Shout out. Square. So I think. I think part of that is just as I mentioned at the beginning. Just like I'm such a diehard fan of Marvel and superheroes in general. Um, that anything that really has any sort of link to superheroes, you're probably going to buy at full price and yeah. I'm probably going to play it. I'm probably going to like it on some level. Um, I mean, cause there's redeeming qualities about Marvel's vendors. I mean, there really is, but, um, uh, this one, as far as what's been out recently, tastes cake. Yeah, for sure. I haven't played, I haven't played, um, the miles Morales yet. So highly recommend great yeah yeah I, I, think, I think that story is actually pretty good too um so guys carlton specifically are you itching for a sequel to this game Do you want to see more of more of these guardians uh i don't know i don't know if i'm itching for a sequel per se um mm. just more of i just want to see more superheroes i just want to like you know i think i think with this style of game like x-men could work really well oh dear um, x-men yeah, I mean, maybe not necessarily like sort of the, the field commander style, but like, you know, more of the linear story, the choice elements, the, mm. the character development in particular. Like, I think I think when I think sequels, I'm not thinking more Guardians per se, but more Marvel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. in this style, right? I mean, this is this mm, is a unique totally. style to genuinely the industry right now. This is not a common game game uh, structure genre that we see. So I, I agree to you. I, I want to see more games like this. Dude, they should have never put Black Panther DLC in Marvel Avengers, and they should have given him his own game because I want to run around Wakanda, man. Yeah. I want that. There's really can, cool can stories I just to like, be told there. Can I just like, 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 I just want to like lay out my pipe dream out there so that one day when it. some exec is like listening to this, they'll just run with it. I A lot of execs would... listen to this. Yeah, actually, all 300 <laughs> of our subscribers. Phil are Spencer execs. is listening. Uh, yeah. Furukawa is listening. Right. Um, Sony. Who's the Sony guy? Jim Ryan's My listening. My dad used to work for Sony. Um, and so maybe I'll just plant a bug in his ear. Um, but, me with, like, can I, can, yeah, I can keep going. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I really love the 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 mar it's so funny the lego marvel approach to yeah. to that style game now now here's like what i would like to see out of it is like i can play the same campaign with any character and it's going to feel differently mm. each time but like a little less like you know i don't want to play the lego character but like 
to play from start to finish of like this this expansive campaign red dead style campaign and with any character and experience that like that'd be cool so i got my dream out like you know i like it did, you, when you, hear did it. you play lego marvel superheroes play both of them oh the first one's um fantastic I, just from the open world i thought that was really cool mm-hmm. we do need two is also world. pretty good i need to play yes. two. i don't play too much of two we need more vision is a <laughs> representation yeah for sure yeah, i agree ryan um thank you guys let's get into some housekeeping Housekeeping, housekeeping. Upcoming reviews. Hey, uh, Carlton, that's my line. Hey, right. I've listened to. I mean, I'm the only person who's listened to all the episodes, Ryan. So I knew it was coming. <laughs> he is. Which Carlton? Fine. Do you think you've listened to all episodes? No, not the Spotify yeah. ones. Sorry. I was going to say there's only one mm. exclusive Spotify episode. Okay, so I'm down one. Okay, circle back. Mm. On that. It's actually one of my favorite episodes we've ever recorded. Um, Emily was on for that one. That was a lot of fun. Anyways. Um, upcoming review for Sifu. If Ryan ever stops playing Elden Ring and can play Sifu, I will. I, I, I need Sifu. you to stop I'll playing play Elden it. Ring. I can't, but I will play Sifu too. People say Elden Ring. Is Spring like six, Break's coming up, so I'll, sixty I'll, uh, hours for Elden Ring. Ryan, I can I can beat them both at the same time. Okay, that's fair. Sifu is like a weekend. I mean, it's a quick it's a it's a quick play if you kind of put your head down. Um, a review for Pokemon Legends Arceus. Review for Age of Empires Four. Elden Ring, as stated earlier, that's going to be pretty far. We might actually do a couple parts for Elden Ring of like, where yeah, are we now? We and let, let's should. talk through some of it. Ryan, I've actually heard Elden Ring is a community game where you actually kind of want to talk to someone else about it, like you, well, like you did with Nick today. You you gave him some oh, advice, sure, yeah, about yeah, those yeah. giants that he saw. Um, yeah, I think just don't uh, read the stupid messages people leave. Oh no, not that stuff. I hate that. Um, but I do think like having an episode where we kind of just like update each other and give each other tips because the world's so vast you do need each other i think or a guide in some ways we should do a first glance elden ring i think so i think we'll do that review we'll do that soon um carlton play it play it soon horizon Forbidden west is another game that's my dinosaurs you gotta you gotta take care of your dinosaurs jurassic uh jurassic world evolution 2 right yeah I got to check that out. Um, if there's any game out there you want us to review, like Jurassic World Evolution 2, let us know. Write it in the show. Leave it in the comments. Yeah, email fine. us. Yes. Um, Carlton, any other recommendations for me? Uh, you recommended Jurassic World Evolution, and I've actually really liked it. Oh, gosh. Um, not anything recent. I mean, it's kind of bad. I, li- I like I like will repeatedly play some of the same games over and over. Like I always go back to like Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War. Those wow. games are pretty unique. Yeah, so I, I never played those. I heard good things. Dude, like, uh, I love the first one. Jay, love Lord of the Rings. I played the first one in about like a quarter of the second one. Oh man, second one is like is like ten x first one, but they were both really good. Um, I definitely recommend playing those. Uh, what else? What else am I playing? Um, those are the prequels to Elden Ring, right? <laughs> kind of yeah they they can be really disappointing and the the thing is is like the game doesn't let you forget like with those it doesn't let you forget that you died like no. when you run into the same like n- the nemesis system in that game is just is so unique which and so you like nuts? we haven't seen that much since yeah like I assassin's like, creed has a taste of it but it's not the same the nemesis system is something soft. that's amazing yeah i loved that system it's pretty soft hmm. in assassin's creed but yeah, I wonder if it's like patented or I don't know, but um, yeah. So Ryan, if Elden Ring's frustrating, where you're just dying from the same person, 
in Shadow War or Mordor, you're dying from the same person, and they're like spitting in your face about it and making you like making fun of you about it because they'll like remember and they'll. Yeah, they'll taunt you. They'll taunt you That's during a fight. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Anyways, maybe we'll put that to the retrospective list. Um, guys, Carlson spe- specifically, thank you for being on this episode today. Um, this was a lot of fun. Oh, Carlton specifically, huh? Yeah, I mean you. I mean you're here most of the time, so it's, it's, it's not. Like, housekeeping was better. It, true, it was better. Let me hear. Let me hear I yours. I can't Ryan. believe what I'm hearing. Let me hear yours, Ryan. I'm not. I'm not going to play this game. Let me hear yours, Ryan. I mean, you're about to get replaced. It's like comparing apples and oranges. Is it? Professionals to amateurs is is what we're comparing. And on that note, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. I love you. I wasn't going to take that one from you, right? Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Appreciate it. That's what Nick always does. I have brain damage, so I forget stuff.